Hello, my name is Remy D. Smith. I'm the founder and head mental coach here at Premier Motivation. And today I wanted to start a new podcast that is going to be something that talks about mental tips, uh, neurological tips, and everyday things that people can use in order to enhance their careers, their performance in sports, their lives, all aspects of creation and the life that you live. I think that this is something that I wish I had developing up. I'm currently 18 years old and I've been working with mental training and the idea since I was about seven. I'll give you a little bit of history on myself. I am a hockey goaltender and one of the greatest quotes that kind of encompasses that, uh, that position is that goaltending is 90% mental. And that is something that I have found to be incredibly true, not with just goaltending, but throughout life in general. You can have these incredible skills and be super into uh, a certain trait, but if you aren't mentally there, it doesn't matter how good you are because you're not gonna be able to perform. It's like that saying, talent is beat by hard work when talent doesn't show up. That hard work, that showing up and that hard work is the mental side. That is the getting out of bed and being consistent in what you do because that's how you're gonna to get to that proverbial and literal next level. So that's a little bit about myself and who I am and why I'm doing this. In today's episode, I wanted to talk specifically about the use of your phone and what your phone brings to you and why you want to not be on it most likely as much as you are. So what a phone is now is not what it was even a year ago, let alone five, 10 years ago. The modern phone now is millions of images comprised in video form that we can see, and you have access to all of that whenever you want. That's video only. That doesn't include audio. That doesn't include communication. All of these mediums that we have and we can see are incredibly powerful. Now, how we treat those and how we act on them, it seems like, okay, well, if we have this, this infinitely good thing, we should just keep going with more and more and more of it, and then we're going to get the most out of it. It seems like something that would be great. You can even see back in the talks by uh, predominant motivational speakers and visionaries of the, the 20th century, right? They all reference that, oh, you can learn anything in a week. And it's true. You can. If, and they, they recommend uh, a, a talk by Jim Rohn, one of the greatest speakers ever, referenced that if you have an audio tape that you listen to in a car and you travel however many hours, I don't remember the specific amount per week, you can learn uh, I believe the statistics, the specific statistic was that you can get the equivalent of a four-year college degree in five years if you listen to tapes, uh, they call them tapes at the time, every single time you drove. And it seems like such a great idea. Like, yeah, that, that is a powerful way to gain knowledge and to improve yourself. However, we have access to that all the time now and we're not doing that. We're not learning. We're just allowing ourselves to fall into this trap, myself included, of, okay, 
entertainment. Let's do that now. It makes me feel good, so I'm going to do more and more of it. That seems like something that is, why not? We can afford to, right? You're always working to get to that next goal. It's working, all right, I get there, then I can relax. And that stems the root of the problem. Human beings are wired in a way within our brains neurologically that we don't get satisfaction from reaching a point or a goal or a reward that isn't like chemically within our brains. Dopamine is highly misunderstood in the common community. I'm going to give you a clear clarification on what dopamine really is and how it is distributed in the brain. So dopamine is derived from the neuromodulator L-DOPA, which is then converted into dopamine, which then can be converted into adrenaline and other neuromodulators that cause action. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. But anyway, dopamine is what we're focusing on is the chemical of pursuit and motivation. Is It's often called that. So when we want something, we see something we want, dopamine is released to tell us to go get that. And it says, okay, the process of which we're going to go achieve that thing, do that, thing, accomplish, retrieve, that is what is motivated. Actually getting it isn't. And it makes sense from a biological standpoint. You look back millions, uh, excuse me, thousands of years to when hu- like primate humans needed to get berries, uh, food, um, whatever form of that was, shelter, all these things, if they were then, if they were motivated to get that, right, with the dopamine, it's like, okay, good, we got this. And then they had an even larger uh, release of dopamine once they achieved it, they would never want to go find it again. They would be content. They wouldn't have to reset. They would be all right with just being where they were at. And if they were, then they would run out of food and die or the night would come and they would freeze to death or they'd be attacked because they didn't have shelter. So it makes sense from a logical perspective why we're not rewarded for achieving things. However, in the modern society where it's not a struggle to find berries with an undergrowth or find shelter, at least for most people. If you're listening to this, you probably have a phone or internet access of some sort, in which case I assume you are at a point where you're not struggling to get food every day. Regardless, even if you are, that idea that it's a lot easier to get that, the threshold for living is the highest it's ever been in the world, in pretty much the entirety of the world inclusive. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that we don't have problems still and that we still don't need to pursue things. But what it does mean is that it's a lot harder to view them as so significant when the biggest problem you have is about survival and literally not dying because you need food. You're going to be a lot more motivated to do that and find that food than if it's just, oh, I'm kind of hungry, let's go to Shake Shack, right? You're probably not going to be as motivated to do that. So it makes sense. It makes sense also in a 
illogical way that why would I be as motivated to do that? Why would it matter so much in my mind that I get this as much as something that I need to survive? It does equate out though. It's vitally important that you understand that the same things we all have, uh, it's almost like a percentage is the best way I can describe it. Having a problem will take up the same amount of space in your mental capacity as any other problem, right? So finding food is say, hypothetically, this is not a specific number, this is an example. Say it takes 10% of your brain power to find food, right? Now say that that problem is that 10%, you solve that. You have another problem, say, you can't pick which pair of shoes to wear to go out to dinner. That same problem is going to take up that 10% inside of your mental capacity. So all the problems you have are gonna take up the same percentage, that 10% space. The weight of them may be lower, right? The weight of each problem is not the even, but the percentage it takes up is. It's very hard to conceptualize that, but imagine that you need to put all your effort into solving a problem. If you don't, you're not going to get the result. That's true with whatever issue it is. Now, imagine that you have something that is an easy problem to solve, right? If you have that easy problem to solve, then you solve it, it seems like, okay, that was simple. But then you have a difficult problem to solve, it's gonna require a lot more effort. But the same amount of mental capacity is gonna be taken up for both. So back to the phones. We have this unorthodox way of viewing phones like I just mentioned and the fact that, okay, we have that problem. It seems like it should be easy, but it's not. So allow me to give you an anecdotal example. The phones allow for intense dopamine release because it seems like, okay, I can, I'm going through this process of pursuit as fast as possible, right? You want to find the answer to how many albums have been sold by Eminem you can instantly, right? So that whole process is alleviated by looking something up, seeing new people, doing other things. And what that does is it makes everything else seem irrelevant. Imagine that you were doing hard work in a field all day, right? And you get, a, you are, there's a constant flow of dopamine within the system. It's just a fact. It's always there, maybe at low levels, but it's still there, right? So imagine you're doing hard work in a field and you get a little uh, bump in dopamine every time that you find something, right? So you're pursuing these, we'll say you're pursuing getting bunches of kale. You're picking kale. You're pursuing that and when you hit, when you're going along with that, you're getting motivation. And then all of a sudden you get a distraction on your phone, your phone rings or buzzes, right? And you see that, 
well, something good happened, right? A new hit, you were tagged, your post got a like, whatever it may be, right? All of the dopamine that you got from picking kale see, pales in comparison to the levels that you get from your phone. And when you go back to picking kale, it's going to seem like your brain can't comprehend that you need to pick the kale. It comprehends that I want more of this ecstatic feeling of dopamine, right? So what happens is you become distracted and all you can fixate on is that new source of elevated dopamine because it think your brain thinks that that is the most valuable thing to you. Like we said, going back to the, the concept of picking berries to survive, if you found your brain can't comprehend what is causing that source of dopamine, but it evolved in a way where that source of dopamine was essential for survival. We don't need to fight for survival right now. So our brains can't differentiate objectively important things versus subjectively important things. Our brains can't figure that out on a chemical stage. We can, we know that, but our brains are separate from our bodies. Our brains without uh, vision or any other senses would be literally useless. They couldn't tell us where we were right now. The brain is a, it is able to read what happens around it by using five senses, right? So with that being said, our brain can't figure out, okay, I'm at work right now. I need to pick this kale versus I'm getting this hit from dopamine of getting a like, I'm gonna go get more likes. Our brain can't differentiate that. It might not be as enjoyable, but it needs to get done. Our brains can't figure that out. A real life example that I alluded to earlier was at the gym, right? If you're lifting weights and you're doing something that causes a uh, discomfort, right? We'll say working out does in general. I work out every day, at least for two hours. And you can see that sometimes there are points where it's, I really don't wanna be doing this right now. However, when you persevere through, you get another, you get that reward. But if you check your phone constantly while you're at the gym, you're going to become distracted a lot easier. I've seen it in others and I've seen it in myself. If I'm working towards getting a good workout in and midway through, I pick up my phone and I see, oh, this person's inviting me out to go to dinner tonight. That person is in the Bahamas right now. All these things, it totally distracts your mind from the workout. And it's not just that, oh, I'm distracted, I'm thinking about these other things. You're chemically distracted from the workout. The workout seems like something that should be finished with as fast as possible so we can get to this new, better source of dopamine release. And it makes, like I said, it makes logical sense why you don't want to be at the gym, why you don't want to be working out, why you don't want to be picking kale. It makes sense. Why not? However, in the world that we live in, we can't afford to just go with the easy route every time. And I'll tell you why. If you went with, hypothetically here, 
if you only took the easy route all the time, your life would suck. You see it in many forms of media, often in movies or TV shows. You see that the totally rich person, the king, uh, the queen, whoever it may be, the royalty, and they are just bored out of their mind because they have everything they could ever want. And like we said earlier, that dopamine, that good feeling isn't released when you have something, it's released in the pursuit of something. So if you constantly, even if you constantly pursue these easy things of, okay, big dopamine hit there, right? I'm just gonna stay on my phone and I'm gonna get this like nice, nice, continuing on that path, getting more and more likes. You constantly are upping that. Even if you constantly up that on your phone, we'll stick with that as the hypothetical example since it carries out so well. You continue on with that idea of, all right, we're just going to feed into that. We're gonna feed into giving myself the best feeling I can, right? Eventually, you're going to crash. And it's because of a biological issue in the sense that when your dopamine is raised high up, it feels amazing. That's because the baseline level that you've been working at, like if you're picking kale, is so low. If you're all the way up here, your baseline is also going to be elevated to up there. And the feelings of dopamine are not indicative of the baseline. They're indicative of the gap between the baseline and the levels that you're at. So if you constantly are just at that peak, that high level, right? It's going to feel like I can't, I can't get that, that massive gap anymore because you are just indulging yourself. You look at addiction. That is why it happens. All these uh, or harmful substances, for example, we'll just say drugs in general, right? They're detrimental because they cause from, you could be doing absolutely nothing and biologically they insert dopamine in and you're all the way up there. And that gap is so dramatic that it raises your baseline without you even trying. So when you try those, if please don't even once like I've, I've heard stories from police people I know and addicts and it's that they say I was just going to try it once and they become hooked. So I implore you never try any drugs of harmful substance or addictive qualities because you will get hooked because that dopamine is what that's the peak currency of your brain. That is the, the gold standard for your body. And if you have a, the most of it, you can't go back. Once a, idea, once a mind has been expanded to a new idea, it can never be satisfied with going back to where it was. It's a quote by Oliver Wendell Holmes, if I do, if I am correct, I believe so. Regardless, that incredible gap between baseline and peak they can't ever get it back. Their baseline is raised too much. They expect too much. And that baseline is far, that, that gap is far too small to create that same feeling again. And so 
the only way that they that the the addicted people can feel that that's the way they get there is by repeating that cycle and doing it over and over and over again because that seems like the logical and it seems like the only way because nothing in their life can get back to that point and it's true nothing in your life can get you to that point if realistically like biologically your body just isn't meant to output that much dopamine which is why it's so addictive regardless of the point you can't indulge all the time because your baseline will be raised and then the gap between the baseline and what you're actually having so minimal it seems like what more can you have so that is why it's so important to have these so-called dopamine detoxes i put air quotes there because there is no such thing as a full detox of dopamine because we always have it without it um, you can see cases of severe depression in uh, in medical cases where uh, dopamine and serotonin inhibitors are put in place people uh, as a side effect of course you can see people being legitimately depressed they can be clinically depressed by removing dopamine and serotonin within their minds we haven't even talked about serotonin or any of these other neuromodulators we're focusing just on dopamine as that is the primary that's the primary understanding within the the modern world of what is created by by uh, picking up a phone for example regardless you see these massive spikes and when people remove it they become clinically depressed so it's not something that is just uh, detoxed and totally taken away however a more accurate description would be resetting your baseline. Say that you have a tremendous week of, uh, I'll go back to an example in my life, right? Uh, I, I recently graduated and it was my birthday and I was just having the greatest time, right? I was riding that, that dopamine high, we'll say, and I was thoroughly enjoying everything. And at that point, it seems like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to go back to work or do things I don't want to. Never going to take out the garbage. Things like that. They're menial. They're below my level of enjoyment right now. I'll do it later. And it's hard to deal with, but it's going to crash eventually. And you get to that high point and you just can't continue it anymore. The responsibilities of life. You're not struggling to survive but if you do ignore all those things, you will be. You will be out of money and you can't buy food. You'll be out of shelter. You need to face the reality of it. And overall, it's it, it seems so impossible within the moment to stop because your brain can't comprehend that it needs to reset. It thinks that it's doing all the right things. That separation of survival versus enjoyment is something that is so massive right now within because of our enhanced standard of living. Compared to even 300 years ago, the enhanced standard of living is so phenomenally better. We live in such a phenomenal time in history that we are unable to separate 
survival and enjoyment. Those two things coexist in our minds right now because they all use the same currency, dopamine. And if you want to buy it using enjoyment or survival, regardless, your brain can't differentiate that, which is why it's so important that you take a logical approach and don't become addicted to taking the easy route of achieving dopamine. Regardless, going back to the example, you're riding that high, you need to come down. You need to get back into the year. You need to get back into, all right, this is over, what's my next journey? All right, and when you view those things and you see, okay, this is the next step for me, then you can more easily get into that rhythm, which is from an objective stance better. I'll give you an example of something that is hard to comprehend for many. However, it makes sense on paper. If you want a goal as bad as you ever will, right? It's the number one thing. It's, it's the magnum opus of your life. It's the one thing that you need to have happen in your life. You can do that and it will still be, it will feel awful. It will feel awful if you never take a break because that pursuit is going to increase the baseline. That pursuit of that goal, the baseline is going to increase and eventually you're going to peak out. It's called burning out. You see it in athletes all the time. And you question like, they're following their dream. They play sports all day. They love it, right? How can they be upset or burnt out from it? And it doesn't matter what it is. And oftentimes when it is that high level of dopamine, that fun thing, that phenomenal thing, like sports, for example, yeah, it's, it's going to take a while, but it's going to happen. They're, you're going to get burnt out and you're not going to enjoy it as much. And it's really powerful when at that point you can push past that. If you feel that, all right, I'm feeling burnt out on this goal, but I know that I want this goal more than matters my enjoyment of it, of the process. If you can do that and that goal matters that much to you, then you can get there. But if, you, if the goal doesn't matter that much, if it's just a chapter of your life that's going to come and go and it doesn't, it's not your ultimate, ultimate desire in life, you're going to need to reset. You're going to need to take a break and at your baseline back down so you can pursue it again with a new tenacity. And ultimately, even if it is your most important goal in life, reset anyway. Take a break because the chemical and the chemical imbalances in your brain that happen when your baseline is so high and you run out of dopamine that that you run out of that gap you lose like we said l-dopa dopamine dopamine into noradrenaline norepinephrine those chemicals noradrenaline norepinephrine are able to create physical results within the body they're able to increase uh, muscle firing. They're able to increase energy management in essence. That's a very, very broad ex 
explanation of it. Don't take that for granted. Do your own research on it, please. I implore you. But being able to reset those, you will be more motivated. And when you're more motivated about something, you have more energy, you're going to be able to do it better. When you're doing these things better with more energy, you're less bound to make mistakes. You're able to work harder for longer without questioning it. And overall, when you reset, you're going to get more out of the time that you have. So what's better? Resetting or not resetting? It's a balance. It's a balance throughout your whole life. If every time you reset, probably not going to get very far. If you only, if you never reset and just go as hard as you can all the time, you're going to just plateau out most likely because your brain's just not functioning at its peak capacity. So what's the, what there's, there is no best route. It's something that you need to figure out on your own. And it's hard to hear that because it seems like, well, there's got to be an answer. It works for him. It works for her. It works for whomever. The difference is, is that that's the thing. It is whomever. It is individual. Everybody's life experience is different. What might bring me big hits in dopamine may not bring it to you. What may be vastly successful for me may be detrimental to you. So what can we learn from all this in essence is that you need to modulate your use of dopamine all the time. It's not something and the phone, bringing your phone anywhere is the greatest source of dopamine in the modern world, I would argue that isn't biologically induced by a substance with your phone. It's a dangerous thing. Be careful when you use it because it can take you out of what is needed in life. What's needed in life is separate from survival and enjoyment. What's needed is the balance. If you can figure out what's needed for you and your life, you're going to be golden because it's what's needed is a balance of enjoyment and survival. It comes to that point, that pinnacle. And when you find that pinnacle and that balance, you're going to slip off to either side, but you're always trying to get to that top. What's needed. And when you find that balance, it's going to be a pretty good life. Thank you for joining me on this podcast today, discussing using your phone, dopamine, and all these things. I think it's a great resource and I'm very glad to be able to share this with all these people. This is a premier podcast. My name is Remedy Smith. And I thank you for joining me.